Yo, what is up? Welcome back to the Heat Check Podcast. It is Troop here. And it's your boy, Woop. And today we're going to be doing our Game 1 breakdown. Also, just letting you know our finals predictions and just, yeah, everything NBA. We're going to be talking about the finals. And also, we're going to do a little Stranger Things talk at the end of this episode and also a Deeper Thoughts. But that'll be on the Deeper Thoughts will be on another episode, but the Stranger Things will be at the end of this episode, so make sure to stay tuned for that. Sure. But yeah, with Game 1, the Celtics stole Game 1 in Chase Center. 120 to 108, beating the Golden State Warriors, which literally no one saw coming. I mean, obviously, a lot of people thought this series could be competitive, but for the Celtics to steal game one is just, that's huge. What do you think about this win, Payne? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, going into this game, I think a lot of people were really high on the Warriors, and rightfully so. Um, with this offense, you know, they're, they're going to be, they're, they're going to be really hard to stop and, and uh, going to be a really hard team to beat with all the experience that they have. And, you know, the Celtics came in, Warriors started off really hot. Um, Steph Curry with 21 points in the, in the first quarter was mm-hmm. like six to seven from three. It looked like one of those games where it's going to be like, how are you going to slow down Curry, you know? Mm-hmm. Breaking and, his own first quarter record for threes made. Exactly. Had, it was five and now it's six. Exactly. And the first quarter, like you said, I mean, it looked like it was all Warriors. And then the Celtics battled back in the second to be leading at halftime. And that's when you realize, like, wow, even with the Warriors playing this good, the Celtics are actually winning. And yeah. then they come out and play typical Warriors third quarter. Everyone knows that's their best statistical quarter, and they yeah. just absolutely went off. And then, again, it looked like Warriors have full control. There's no way they lose. And then just the biggest fourth-quarter meltdown I've ever seen. I mean, the Celtics came out yeah. in the fourth quarter and shot 7-7 seven seven from three, right. which was ridiculous. And they just absolutely steamrolled, and the game was over with, like, five minutes left, it felt like. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, one thing I want to bring up in, in particular is during this game, the the looks that uh, the Celtics got compared to the Warriors, it was crazy, the shot quality. Um, Synergy Sports, they actually had this stat, um, the shot, shot quality game flow, like, so – Point expected points per shot. The Celtics in the first quarter, they got all the way up to like 1.24, which is like in the 100th percentile for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And here's a chart right here. And the Warriors, their highest like expected points per shot based off of the, like the quality looks they were getting was in the second quarter. And then and then the the Celtics all the, they had quality shots like pretty much all throughout the game except for the second quarter and the third quarter was whenever you know the Warriors went on that mm-hmm. run. But what that t- tells me is you know the Celtics you know. They, they played amazing defensively, obviously, mm-hmm. um, especially in the second half of the game because their their help defense, it recovered. They figure out what the Warriors were doing, and uh, they were able to adjust. But even more so, what that chart tells me is the Celtics offensively, they're able to pick and choose where they want to, you know, get their points from. They Now, the Warriors, they did a great job of shutting down Jason Tatum, like, offensively shooting-wise. But then we already know that, you know, it, it's been – you know, huge talks how Jason Tatum had 13 assists setting up other guys. And I think that's where a lot of that, those quality shots came from um, was because, you know, Al Horford, uh, Derek White, Marcus Smart, you know, these guys were getting wide open shots from three. Wide open. Yeah, and due, due to, you know, so much um, involvement, so much pressure around JT. It, it was the record-breaking most threes made in the finals game yeah. with 40, I believe. Right. Which is just, it goes to show you the kind of offensive skill that both these teams have. Yeah. And the real reason, I mean, just to shed light on both me and Payne's predictions, uh, Payne had Celtics in seven. I had Warriors in seven. We made a post on our Instagram. Make sure to follow at the Heat Check Podcast. Yeah. And uh, just based off those, just letting y'all know that we thought it was in seven showed that this series is going to be competitive and the Celtics are legit. I mean, so many people in the media and amongst my friends were saying Warriors in four, Warriors in five. Yeah. I'm like, do you people not realize the size matchup and just the absolute skill this Celtics team has? I get it. The Warriors have 123 yeah. games of finals experience compared to the zero on the Celtics. And we saw that literally did not matter at all in game one. I mean, Al Horford has never been to finals. 
like we said, he goes 6-8 from 3, has right. 26 points, leading scorer in the game. I mean, Jason Tatum had 12 points, the Celtics won. Right. If you're a Warriors, like, homer, I mean, how, how can that make you feel when they their best player plays, like, crap and they right. win by 12? I mean, exactly. that's demoralizing, especially when they're doing that on the road. And I just think we're now relaying into game two, there's no way the Warriors can lose game two. If they lose game two, the series is literally flat out over. Right. Flat out over. Yeah, and I think Warriors won game two. Um, I think going back or not staying at home, I think, you know, one thing I think they need to focus on a little bit more is, you know, the Warriors last night or a couple of nights ago um, on Thursday, they ran pick and roll 30 possessions that whole game. And, you know, they're an off-ball screen type of team, and that, that's that's always been their bread and butter. And, and the Celtics – this year they have not been great at defending off ball like off ball chaser defense and they mm-hmm. were able to get some points there but late in the game um the Celtics started to step up they were making timely shots and defensively they they were being more aggressive on those off ball screens and i think one thing that the warriors can do and lean more on is Steph Curry in the pick and roll I said that they ran um, the pick and roll 30 times last night. 12 of those was whenever Curry was the ball handler, mm-hmm. and which was which is 40% of the time. And their points per possession was 1.33. If you go look at the players this year um, who have been the most efficient players in the and PNR ball handler, it's been Jalen Brunson and Steph Curry. And it's been like 1.3 with Brunson and then Steph at one, which is the 199th percentile. And last night, Steph had 1.33, and he only only had 12 possessions. I think if the Warriors can lean more on Steph, like in the pick and roll, and even in ISO situations, because he's been fantastic in ISO this year, I think that'll open up more stuff for some other guys. And like, you know, those role players that the Warriors have, and I think they'll be able to hit more open shots because, like I said, like that that shot quality chart, it the Warriors' shot quality was not that great. I think mm-hmm. the only reason they stayed in it, or not stayed in it, but one of the reasons well, they, they were up was because Steph mm-hmm. was doing what Steph does in exactly. play. They were all making these hard shots. But I think to make life easier on the role players, I think if you put Steph in pick and, pick and roll, you know, if he can force the defense to collapse on him and he can kick out to the auto porters to, you know, even, you know, like the 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 Andrew Wiggins and, and you know, Jordan Poole and go, guys like that, like on the wing, then, you know, I think the Warriors can, can stick around and they'll have more rhythm late in the game. And I think they'll be able to, you know, get the job done in game two if they go more towards that. Um, because what we saw the Celtics do, they got the role guys involved. They got, you know, Al Horford and Derek White involved uh, mm-hmm. with Jason Tatum in the pick and roll, finding matchups. Even though, even though he wasn't shooting well, he obviously mm-hmm. did a lot of playmaking. I kind of want to see Curry more like that and in like an all-ball type of thing, more so off-ball, because mm-hmm. I think that would help tremendously. And, and I'm interested to see if the Warriors can actually show up in crunch time, because yeah. obviously we know this team has so much playoff experience. They know how to play in the big moments. Like a, the fourth quarter of a finals game and last game, we saw that was literally the worst quarter they played I've probably ever seen them yeah. play. And I'm excited to see them actually step up and be there in the end of that game. And right. that, that's if it even is a game. I'm not saying they're going to blow them out going into the fourth quarter, yeah. but they definitely have to show up then. I mean, I saw a stat – Jalen Brown in this playoffs is shooting over 60% from three in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And it's just, oh, yeah, literally what I just said. I mean, right. and it's insane to see that the Celtics team has been so clutch in the crunch time. Exactly. And, and especially with a team this inexperienced, you'd expect them, like, they're going to be fumbling away towards the end of the game. Like, they're barely going to be holding on. But they have shown that they are a very resilient team. And I think after this big game on win, they're due for some regression. Like right. Al Horford's not going to go True. off. Marcus Smart, Derek White, and Al Horford aren't going to shoot a combined 15 to 23 from three. I mean, that, that was the one thing Draymond said when he was like, we were dominating this whole game. Those guys aren't going to do that again. I, I think he's just kind of saying that because on the flip side, Jason Tatum didn't go off. But 
like we both said, the Celtics already did their job going into going out west. They they stole one. Yeah. That's all they needed to do. I think the Warriors get their revenge tonight. Take care of business. It might not be a blowout, but I think they take care of business yeah. and send it back to Boston one one. Yeah, and and I agree. I just think one more thing to kind of harp on is I was listening to you know Draymond's podcast the other day, and one thing he thought that they need to do um a lot more of, and one thing they can they can improve on going into game two was their help defense activity and their versatility and in, in recovering mm-hmm. because you their know, defense was non-existent. Exa- game one. Exactly. Cause you know, the Celtics, they got a lot of wide open threes and they were converting and like what you're Too saying. Many wide open and, threes. and I agree. I think there can be some regression. I think not, not personally for me, my opinion on Al Horford, I think he's going to stay consistent this whole finals. Cause this whole playoffs, he shot 50% from the field and 45%. 45% from three. He's been the only guy to do that in the playoffs. So I think he'll be fine. But I do think there there could be some regression with Smart and with Derek White if if the Warriors help defense and, and you know, positionally like switching is a lot better than it was in game one. Because the one thing about Celtics is they don't really have to be that efficient um, from three to be able to beat you. They mm-hmm. just need – because they shoot a lot of high volume from three, and that's all that they really need to do. I mean, this, this series, Smart shot 30 – 4.5% not great, and White shot 32% from three, which is not great numbers. But they've made timely shots because they get – Every, every single timely they, shot they've made, I swear. Exactly, because when they come down the court, they have a lot of volume in three. A lot of their sh- uh, shot selection is from three. and All corner threes, too, it feels like. Exactly, and they're able to stay in the game even despite, like, you know, missing and um, and not being that efficient because their defense is so good mm-hmm. where they don't make that many mistakes. I mean, so. they literally shot over 50% from three in, the, right. in game one, so – the Warriors definitely have to step up. Yeah. Obviously, they're, they've been known as the defensive team over the past few years, but that was not showing game one. I think they turned around. I think Steve Kerr is way too good of a coach to just get duped on oh, his own sure. floor because he got outcoached in that second half. Exactly. I mean, he definitely felt embarrassed. That Warriors team was just in shambles. And I, I, I did not expect them to fall. Obviously, they were going to cool off maybe offensively. They weren't really hitting there. No one was really going off after Steph cooled off in that first yeah. quarter. But for them to fall apart defensively was not what I expected, especially in a game one maybe later on in the series, but that to start off like how they did, I was I did not see that coming. I yeah. thought they would lose a close game at least, not not get blown out embarrassingly. Yeah, so exactly. game two, we're kind of both on the same page. They steal it or not yeah. steal it. They they get it back to one one. Agreed. And uh just a question for you, Pan. You have yeah. Celtics. Um who would who was your finals MVP before in the series and who do you think it actually will be? Um before the series I thought it was gonna be Jason Tatum and I think it still will be Jason Tatum just because I mean We've only seen we've only seen one game, you know, and I think yeah. Jason Tatum. There, there's a stat where this playoffs in Game Two after bouncing back from. It, it, let me find it exactly. He's okay. Yeah. So Jason Tatum he had 39 points versus Brooklyn, 30 points versus Milwaukee, and 31 points versus Miami after failing to score 20 points in the previous playoff game. Okay. So I mean that trend. It, it's a different team, different matchups. You can't solely go off of that trend, but he has been playing well in as ba- as a bounce back game and he's been pretty consistent this whole playoffs and I think he will continue to be consistent. I just think his impact, you know, he was one of the main reasons outside of Jalen Brown obviously. I mean, their two stars were the main reasons they won that game even though Jason Tatum per- performed poorly from a shooting standpoint and if still and, passed the ball. And, well. and, yeah, and inefficiency wise. So I'm still sticking with JT. I think he's going to have at least two monster games scoring wise. I think you'll have Dude, two. I okay, he's sorry, got sorry to cut you off. I didn't even realize this. Jason Tatum yeah. had 13 assists. Yeah, yeah. 13 assists. Exactly. I mean, I thought he had like eight, but now I'm, I'm staring at the stat. That He created 38 points for his team. That's that's remarkable. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, the, you, winning comes in other ways besides just scoring. Mm-hmm. And that's 
part of his growth this year. So exactly, and that shows that yeah. he, even when he's not on, he's still helping his team win, and yeah. that's that's big for the Celtics. Obviously, I had Warriors in seven, but me saying Warriors in seven shows I think the Celtics have win three games. Right. So with the Celtics still in game one, I'll, I'm still thinking the Warriors win in seven. I'm not going to go off my prediction and right. just flip up, but. I'm not. I would not be surprised with that. With how good the Celtics team is, especially defensively, yeah, I I could see them winning this series. Yeah. It, it would not be a surprise at all. For, so for anyone who is a Warriors homer thinks, oh yeah, <laughs> Steph is, he's about to get his first ever Finals MVP. He's about to be better than LeBron, which is some absolute big, bozo say. Big, I was about to say Big Mike about being a Warriors homer and thinking they're going to win in like in five, but not about the LeBron. Part. Oh yeah, Stephen A. Smith is the one who says that yeah. bull crap. Yeah, but. Don't don't be so high on that Warriors bandwagon because they could really fall down quicker than we may be expecting. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I got one last question um, about the Warriors for you. Um, late in the game, what lineup do you see do you see them doing? Do you think they're going to keep Jordan Poole on the floor? Do you think it's going to be like situational dependent, or do you think they're going to go with like Steph, Clay, Wiggins, um, and uh, Looney and Draymond, or do I, you think they go small ball? I think if the the Celtics are winning, they're going to have to lean on Jordan Poole because if the Celtics are winning, I see them maybe trying to slow the game down, mm-hmm. not exactly push the pace, and they're going to need scoring from Jordan Poole right. in that aspect. But if, it, if the Warriors are up, I think they need to tr- just try to play big, like I said, like milk the game. If the, the Warriors are going to want to get up big and yeah. play, play it slow, and I think right. with Looney, they can do that. But he, Looney didn't really play well last game. He right. had a few turnovers. I mean – I just don't know if the moment is too big for him. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's been there, but he's never been there like to where they actually mm-hmm. needed him, and now they do need him. So him and Poole are both two guys that I – they're they're needed in way two different lineups, like you right. asked. But they both scare me in the fact that I don't know if they can show up. I think tonight is the night Jordan Poole shows up. I feel like he's got to get going. He, yeah. he had the volume last game. I mean, he right. shot one of five from three. He only finished with nine points. Right. But he had – he had the shots, and yeah. he's that kind of guy where if Curry's not going off, he needs to step up. And we saw Curry goes off in the first quarter. Usually Jordan Poole takes over that right. second quarter, and he was just not existing the whole game. So I feel like he's got to get into a groove. The Celtics aren't going to be able to clamp him up the whole time, mm-hmm. and they're probably going to lean on him more for scoring. And if they get up, go to Looney. But we'll see. I am just I get nervous when either of them are in the game because Poole's yeah. a defensive liability. And then when it comes to offense, right. Looney looks like he's not even in the flow at all, and he's just – slowing everything down and then they just get lagged behind so it's almost a lose-lose because they don't really have the perfect lineup but looking for a game big game from Andrew Wiggins because I think he's everyone said he's the x factor if he can play good he obviously he's a defensive beast and can he actually continue that offensive reign he's been on for some reason can he actually do that in the biggest stage he's ever been in we'll see yeah but like I said the Warriors are going to find a way to get it done whether it's Steph whether it's Clay whether it's Draymond they're going to get it done tonight and yeah, I, I just don't see there's a way they lose tonight. I, Like I said, if they lose tonight, we might as well not even have a podcast anymore because this series <laughs> is going to be over in four or five for the Celtics. Yeah, I, I going prom- back home, playing in TD, that's going to be tough. Even though they have not been good at home in the playoffs, they've actually yeah. been way worse at home than on the road. They're like, I believe they're eight and two on the road in the yeah. playoffs, which is insane. Um, But if, if the Celtics go up 2-0, then the Warriors just need to give up on life because they are not stealing two in Boston, and I think the series just gets ugly quick. Yeah. and So, so that's why Warriors coming out tonight, they, they're not not messing around. Yeah, no, no games. Yeah, and I'm in agreement. I like I like what you said about Jordan Poole and about Andrew Wiggins. I think both of those guys are, are 
key players, you know, for the Warriors' success in game two. I mean, Jordan Poole, one thing that concerns me about him is the, is the physicality from the Celtics' defense. Can they yeah. wear him down? Oh, they for sure. Because yeah, they can, you know, obviously. And and they kind of took him out of game one. So that's something that kind of scares me because he's a defensive liability. Exactly. And Tatum and Brown are just going to attack him in the fourth quarter and and uh, in the pick and roll and just going straight at him. That's why I was kind of wondering, what do you think they're going to do with Kevon Looney? Because then on the other side, they kind of need Kevon Looney in the game for offensive rebounding purposes or mm-hmm. for defensive rebounding purposes to limit you know Robert Williams and those guys on the they don't have any size. for getting second chance opportunities because that's something I feel like the Celtics are great at um so yeah that was just kind of a question I wanted to propose and um I think I'm kind of with you um I think it's definitely going to be situational um I'm probably leaning more towards Looney just defensively more more so than Poole but Poole's going off Pool's going off. In they the game. need pool to go off. Um, then they'll probably keep him in the fourth quarter. Because like turning up, so. like you said, he was getting picked on by the Celtics last game, and that's how I feel like the Celtics should have been doing to Peyton Pritchard because he was actually getting serious minutes in that fourth quarter. Yeah, and they were not going at him at all. And he is literally like the Jordan Poole of the Celtics. I mean, he's their yeah. shooter, but he cannot play any defense. Yeah, and I didn't understand. I mean, Steph Curry was going off earlier in the game. He obviously cooled off by a ton, but I mean, why was he not? Why, why were the Warriors not, like, running plays straight at Peyton Pitcher, just how the Celtics exactly. were running straight at Jordan that's, that's kind of what I was saying about seeing more uh, uh, Steph in, you know, in the on-ball type of role and, uh, and more in the pick and roll and mm-hmm. just being the ball handler like like what you're saying right there. Yeah, so, yeah. I feel like the Celtics kind of have the control now to where if they want to play big and they want to be a really just a physical team tonight, they can force the Warriors to have mm-hmm. to play Kev- Kevon Looney yeah. instead of Poole right. and kind of, like, get them out of sorts. So exactly. it'll be interesting to see what happens tonight. I got Warriors winning by, we'll say, seven tonight. They win by seven. I got the Warriors, and I think they'll win by, uh, I'm going to say five. All right. Well, this has been our uh, recap of game one and also our predictions for the series. Just to recap, Payne's got Celtics in seven. I got Dubs in seven. Uh, We will be watching the game tonight. Obviously, it's going to be intense. And, yeah, we're going to take a quick break and be back with our uh, recap of Stranger Things season four. And we are back with the second part of this podcast. Me and Payne are going to be talking about the phenomenon across the entire world. The Netflix beast, Stranger Things. Obviously, senior season four just came out a few weeks ago. Or, yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And it was absolutely spectacular. I finished it in a full day. It was amazing. Um, obviously, we only have the first seven episodes. And the next two will be coming out on July 1st. Um, yeah, we're just going to be talking about our uh, favorite characters. Maybe some characters we don't like. Um, just some theories and what we think is going to happen in this second part. Um, so my first question for you, Payne, is who is your favorite character? My favorite character has got to be Hopper. Um, hmm. I, I like Hopper. I like Hopper ever since season one. He's just, I just think he's been, you know, very even keel. He's a tough guy. Um, takes no crap. You know, he looks out for the people he loves. Oh yeah, spoilers and, by the way. Yeah. So if you haven't finished it, don't listen to this. Because yeah, 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 obviously because just in case, and when you say something, yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm just a big fan of Hopper. I think, you know, he went through a lot with losing his daughter. They talked about like in season one, um, and then they kind of touched back on it in season four. And I just think, you know, what he's grown from and, you know, what he's overcome and, uh, just his mindset, like looking out for the people around him and, uh, just being a, you know, a tough dude. Um, I know, I don't know. I just kind of, uh, just kind of like his character. And I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say I relate to it. I just, that's like, I, I just like admire his qualities. Mm-hmm. I would say my favorite is Steve. Uh, he has <laughs> he has grown a lot. He was the bully, obviously, in yeah. the first season, and then he became like Dustin's little parent figure, and then he became 
the whole group's little parent figure. Yeah. And yeah, he's just a beast or a babysitter is a term they use. Yeah. He is just like, I don't know. He's, he's going to be the hero now. He's probably going to die in the next part. Him or Nancy. I, I mean, think so. I think it'll be Steve. Yeah. I mean, Nancy's the one stuck in the upside down right now, but him or, him or Nancy is going to die. They have to kill someone that we like, and it has to be one of those, because in my opinion. what I think is Nancy's in the upside down, right? And they've already kind of shown, like, she's oh, stuck there. Like some chemistry coming back between them two. Oh, yeah. And she's stuck. Steve's going to find a way to save her, and he's going to sacrifice himself. Boom. Exactly. It's going to be sad, but everybody's going to be like, yo, Steve's the best character ever. Yeah. But, Steve is a beast, though. I mean, he obviously has done a lot, a lot already this season and just trying to help everyone and just, like, right. keep the ship afloat. Um, I would say my other favorite characters would be Dustin. I mean, he's always just been the G. Like, he knows what's going on, figuring out every single mystery that no one understands. That doesn't make any sense. He's the one who figures it out. And then also Lucas. He's been, like, more distant because he wasn't yeah. even in the friend group, like, at the start of the year. Because, you know, he's a hooper now. He makes right. the game winner in the championship, and no one even bats an eye. I mean, no respect for my boy. Yeah. I mean, he also lost his girl, Max. So, he doesn't even have a jit right now. So, he, he just he was so real with her like when she was like going through everything he was trying to get her back he's like max i'm still here for you yeah i was like dang lucas is just in the trenches right now but he him and dustin are probably my two tied for second right now and um just some characters i think that have also been dope this year or this year this season i think robin has been Robin's very cool. cool her little combo with nancy now she's like a actually a main character more officially um, but let's not get it twisted the best duo in the season is still dustin and steve for sure yeah dustin and steve yeah. still for sure um and then hmm who else what what's it is it's maury or what's Mur murray murray not maury Th that's my that's my um murray and joyce that's my ooh, that's tough i think murray is probably my second favorite character you just like the old guys huh well i, I don't know i just think murray's funny and i think he's i think he may have like an important role as the season goes on and Murray's then, smart man and then, and then dustin's three for me so hopper murray dustin oh yeah also another another super dope character we totally forgot to talk about was argyle i mean he, argyle's dope argyle is that's the duchy yeah he he just he's a vibe i mean yeah. he's true california man he he's showing jonathan uh what it's like to live out and they're, they're a pretty cool duo too they're underrated Probably the most underrated. Yeah, he's keeping Jonathan from not going crazy without seeing his girl Nancy, who is definitely about to cheat on his, yeah. <laughs> cheat on him in the upside yeah. down. I mean, yeah, yeah Jonathan ought to be absolutely in the trenches. Him and Will are both. I'd be some real sad boys, especially because Will got a crush on Mike and he don't like him back. So, Facts. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think it'll be interesting to see how the second part unfolds. Which main character are they gonna just absolutely steal from us and kill in a terribly sad way? Because mm -hmm. no one, we haven't lost anyone we care about yet, and they have to do something to where we're like at least a little bit upset about yeah and you know your your uh feed's probably full of this too but at least for my tiktok feed it's just a bunch of stranger things stuff in the past couple past couple of days um because that's what i've just you know been liking and been following and uh, i did see this one thing that there's this theory it's not really a theory but there's this picture of like the the uh, underworld and there's five portals like there's five like portals and mm -hmm. we've we've only known seen three a, seen three so that means two more people are going to die so who will it be it, it, there's probably there's most likely um we're pretty sure that somebody we care about is going to end up hmm. dying or somebody we we have a connection to um so i don't know i, I think it's going to be steve uh you said i'm going nancy. steve or nancy um i like i like it. it's probably gonna be steve or nancy for and sure. then another theory me and pam were talking about before we started recording was uh the teacher that takes them all in mm -hmm. what's what's her name again uh miss green miss green yeah, yeah the guidance counselor that all the people that have died have like gone seen to have gone to see to work on just various things. 
uh, she has a little clock around her neck that has a key on it. Right. And um, on the clock that you see when like Vecna is attacking you or whatever, there's like a keyhole. And so the fact that she has a clock like on her neck that you can like hear ticking when she's having her little talks and it has a key on it. It's just yeah. very sus. And like foreshadowing. Yeah, for, it makes it seem like she has got some connection to Vecna and is yeah. like maybe like pulling in the kids for him. I don't know. We, yeah. We'll have to see. But I feel like she definitely plays a big part in the next yeah. And just figuring out everything that comes out in the next part. So I agree. I think that's definitely a valid theory. Um, and I think one other thing I want to say, it's not really a theory, but it's 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 a it's a direct like correlation to like what they used to do in the um in the eighties, you know, Freddy Krueger Nightmare on Elm Street. Um Robert England, the uh, actor, played uh Freddy Krueger in the eighties and he's playing Vetna now and it's like basically like a direct comparison um they're both they're both similar uh villains one attacks in your dreams um Freddy Krueger and then the other you know attacks you um during the day and ends up killing you like over a week and it's just a curse but it's it's play both of these villains are played by the same actor and both happens in your head yeah both both happens in your head and it's like you know in Stranger Things is set during the 80s, and it's just a whole yeah. 80s vibe. And, and strong reference to right, Freddy, for and sure. Freddy Krueger attacked teens, and you know Vecna is his main only um, teens. victim is teens. So I thought it was pretty cool that Stranger Things is doing that. Um, just something I wanted to bring up there. Mm -hmm. And another character we did not shed light on that I think is also super cool this season has been Eddie. Um, their yeah. their D and D like king bro. He's like the one who runs the game. The one who's on the run from uh, killing Chrissy, apparently, which obviously he didn't do. But, yeah, he's just a super cool character, and he's, like, joined their group, like, kind of formed, like, the teen squad of, like, yeah. all the seniors slash kids who already graduated with uh, Steve. So he's, like, now in that, right. that little quad group. of Robin, Nancy, and then him and Steve. So glad they have a little a fourth older kid uh, exactly so it's not just all the younger kids and but then, um yeah and then and then talking about duos what sucks is that eddie could have been a duo with chrissy the best looking female in this mm -hmm. season you know if they hadn't killed chrissy off and who knows maybe well, obviously chrissy was toast from the beginning i don't know why right. I, I don't know just looking at chrissy you knew she was toast exactly but like, it, it stinks but who knows maybe it's you know this this season's so weird that maybe fred the guy who was nancy's friend and chrissy if you know, if Eleven beats Vecna or something, they come back, or who mm -hmm. knows? But I mean, they're probably Eleven gonna... will beat Vecna. Yeah, I, and I agree. Ele Eleven's going to do some great stuff. We all know she's been a little weird this season, just kind of like in her mood in California. She's also getting bullied for having a, sucks, a supposed dude. dead dad, even yeah. though Hopper is very well alive. alive? Yeah. Um, but the fact that like the bullies in California are just not even real is like wow, just making Eleven's life already terrible. Now she has to come back and save the world and like train herself, yeah. remind herself of meeting Vecna and yeah. literally just absolutely bodying him into another dimension that she created. Like, come on. Like she had to relive all that and now she's going to have to go into battle. Yeah, It's going to be good. I'm excited oh, yeah. for the second part. Um, Yeah, it's been a great season. I'd probably say this is a second or third best season ever. Um, Obviously, yeah, I think season one's the best, but this is a, I would say, second or third for me for me this season i've enjoyed it the most out of any of the seasons and season one has been the second most i've enjoyed um, okay um but that's probably just because of recency bias and i haven't seen season one since you know 2016 mm -hmm. um but also mike sucks but that's yes dude bro mike is my least favorite character like, mike I, has I, been I, terrible this it, year yeah it's like i don't know if it's something with his acting i mean no i don't think it's his acting Finn i think wolford but I, just, I, don't I think know. his character is just like now he's a dick. I mean, he's yeah, terrible boyfriend, terrible friend. I mean, this guy just he doesn't do anything. He doesn't really think. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I I just feel like 
going off of, like his mood and like his attitude as a character sometimes he's just like very like i don't know like snappy and like like really sh- like i don't know like moody i guess in mm-hmm. a sense like whenever he's having conversations with other people and it's like he's not like really listening to him something that i that's very different from the other characters i watch like most of these characters are pretty just chill laid back they're understanding very at least. thoughtful yeah thoughtful and 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 mike like i mean he's thoughtful of l and and stuff like that but just l it, but it seems like it seems like i don't know he's just like whenever he's having a conversation with somebody and they like challenge like what he's saying or disagrees with him it's like he like is very snappy or he like just mm-hmm. has like a he's immediately on the defensive and he's just has like a like a like a moody comeback or something i don't know he's just, he's yeah. just rubbed me the wrong way this yeah season. Payne even sent me a tiktok today and it was like if mike dies i don't care yeah like i mean <laughs> i'm not trying to be like you know, dark or anything some people just, feel that way some people are really hating him that yeah. much i mean in this season he's just been not likable so yeah yeah this has been our little uh stranger things recap um if y'all want uh, more content like this make sure to leave a comment on our our next post and then yeah thanks y'all for listening to the podcast if you ever need to hear more episodes obviously check us out on apple podcast spotify anchor mm-hmm. google podcast there's plenty of spots to listen to us yeah. and then like i said follow our, follow us on instagram to get any more uh up to date with our content we'd be posting on there on our story normal posts we do that fairly often at the heat check podcast so uh thank y'all for listening uh peace peace